Check, check, one, two, one, two. Turn it up, turn it up. Welcome to the Foreclosure Deals Coach Podcast. The tides are turning, the time is now. You're home for the mindset, methodology, and tools needed to invest in foreclosures. Don't you dare buy a house, buy a deal. You need to get into this right now. Right now, yeah. And now your host, the Foreclosure Deals Coach, Donnie Corum. Hey there, it is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach, right here on the Foreclosure Deals Coach podcast, being recorded at the Creative Density Studios in downtown Denver, Colorado. Hey, I'm your host, Donnie Corum. I mentioned that once before. And I just want to say, before we get going, thank you so much for being here each and every single week. It is, it's impressive and motivating and inspiring, really, to uh, feel the questions we're getting right now, see the listenership go up. And honestly, we, we've gotten a couple people we've helped out or started down the process of foreclosure investing. Um, and it's just it's an incredible feeling to know that this show is making some difference. As always, I'm in the studio with my producer... The masterful works of Jonathan Winston. What's going on, Jay? I am ready to be back, you know, in the in the regular swing of things. You know, we're we're slowly getting there, steadily trickling back to you know getting back to our regular life. But I I've been ready, so um, hey, let's keep it going. I'm just super excited we have the mask off, you know, because that was that was getting weird, like recording the show with the mask. I don't know if you're trying to say something. It's just you and me up in the yeah. studio. So like, Wait, you're trying I, to say I got the Rona or? Nah, man. You know, I had to. I, I'm just worried, man. You know, there was I saw somebody just fall out at work. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> Corona. And yeah, man. As soon as that happened, I just like jumped in a, a, a vat of hand sanitizer and tried to cleanse my body. You know, I, I don't don't take this wrong, but I feel like you know you're, you're a little younger than me. Do you think? You your generation is taking this harder than than like the older people. Like there's this gap, right? Like really old people, like people who are high risk, that 60s and 70s, they have a reason yeah. to be concerned. Right. But I feel like your age bracket seems to be a little more scared about this thing than, than mine. What what do you, what's your feeling on that? I feel like there's just yeah, there is a lot of people that are cowering and just oh my god i can't go outside i can't really do anything you know you've got the you know you've got the woke people who are you know on this side man this is a hoax it's 5g it's whatever you know whatever whatever somebody's people are saying <laughs> right there. right so you've got kind of like these two warring factions of you need to stay inside because this is a big deal or man i'm tired of this this is not really a factual thing at all so um there's i would say this kind of leans more towards those people that are you know, kind of freaking out, unfortunately, but um, I don't want to lean all the way to the other side where, you know, you're touting phone towers and all sorts of other things as the cause of the virus. So we got to find them. We got to find medium. a medium ground, guys. Yeah, it's funny. I think it's a lot of it. I think a lot of the fear in, in your generation is how exposed you are to social media. Yes, like, I and think I am a millennial, guys, yeah. for everybody that's out there. Right. So And I'm know. not that old. I'm 42. So you don't, don't, you don't need to make this an age thing. But I'm right. just saying, like, at the end of the day, like, you're a millennial, right? So the millennials just seem like your whole life has been a little social media. So it, it's steering your your choice a little bit. Yeah. For better or for worse, right? I, I feel like a lot of the, like you said, woke, as you guys put it, some of the educated ones are making some great points. And they're kind of going back to their life. Right. Or otherwise, right? And some of the other ones are steering the other way. I've got a lot of millennials in my building in downtown Denver who are, you know, they are straight up locked down right now. Like, this is huge <laughs> fear. Like, I ain't going nowhere. You know, I'm like, gosh, I just, I can't remember anything frightening me at that, that age. Much. Yeah, you know, I, I always felt invincible. I don't know. 
I mean, I'm hey, I'm 31, man, and I'm of the mind that hey, if I'm out here in the world and it's, if it happens to me, I'm going to deal with it the best way that I can. We gotta, <laughs> we can't be sitting around not making money, not making moves, not making the best of ourselves. So. You seem to be the rarity in that. But let's get back to the show. I thought that was fascinating, just how this is being approached. So as we always do, we start the show with an article, and this one was on CNBC.com, and it says, and we're going to post it to the Facebook page, so just go to foreclosuredealscoach.com and check this out. But it, uh, housing demand may have started to bounce back from the coronavirus impact. Now, this is fascinating because I didn't know housing demand went down. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it here in Denver. See what I mean? So this was published on April 23rd, and they're already saying that we're in a bounce back phase. You know, And I find that fascinating, but you know, they make some points. Pending home sales, a measure of signed contracts, are about 32% lower annually now, according to Zillow. You can't believe anything Zillow says, right? So if Zillow <laughs> says it is 75 degrees out, it's probably 34, okay? If Zillow says your car is red, it is blue. Nothing against Zillow. You got beef. <laughs> uh, what? <laughs> who is that? Where did that dude come from? Well, listen, you know, we give Zillow a bunch of crap, but the reason I don't trust Zillow is because who's got a better position right now to manipulate the market than Zillow? Right? right, courtesy of the Zestimate that they made up on their own, a completely Ooh. self-composed valuation model, which I found fascinating. There's a great article out. I'll have to publish it to the page if we can find it. But that the uh, the CEO of Zillow Zestimate came in like eight million dollars lower than he sold the house for, or something like that. Uh, yeah. Right. Mm. So even his even by his own admission. The, the estimates are wrong. Okay, so now you got these guys. They're, they're trying to steer the market, but we're getting off topic here. Just I, I hate Zillow. Um, the week over week change in pending sales turned positive in the seven days that ended April fifteenth. Then pending sales rose six six point two percent week over week out of the seven days ending in April nineteenth. Okay, this is a duh to me because if you scare the bejesus out of people right. for week one, you lock them down. Nobody can leave the house. You completely disrupt life. The week after you do that, people are going to go, wait, we're not dead, right? And they're going to go back to they're going to go back to living, right. right? So it's kind of an obvious thing there that you know, you went for you went to zero when you do the whole market lockdown out of fear, right? Mm-hmm. And then the next week it goes up 6.2%. So not not super illogical there. Finally, while traffic to Zillow listings I don't know why we're still using Zillow is beyond me, but okay, is still way down from a year ago, the national total Jumped 13% annually for the week ending in April 13th, right? So once again, all news media, all internet traffic, everything for about a week there went to virus concerns, right? right. Nothing else was discussed on Facebook. There was a while there I just had to turn off the social media. Oh yeah. I don't watch the news anyway, but I absolutely had to turn off the news, right? Because that got just straight crazy for a while, right? And then... A week after that, people started to go, okay, we're shut in. we got to find something else to do with our time. Some people went shopping for houses. I went shopping for cars, right? So, Because that's just what I do, right? So I pretty much priced out every Porsche 911 you can think of, a couple of Ferraris, none of which I can actually you know, convince my wife to let me buy right at the moment, right? <laughs> but I feel like having my presentation that's all good. planned out is going to be important. Homework, right? homework, I like that. So people are doing the same thing where they're dreaming out loud again and they're shopping for houses roughly a week after the whole coronavirus thing hits okay so the point in this article is that the news is once again reporting that things are okay 
And I, and I have to warn you, okay, with this forbearance thing in place, four months of deferred payments, unemployment at all-time highs in, in country history, right, we are anything but okay, hmm. right? And you need to be very careful where you get your news, and as soon as they add Zillow to any part of that information, you should disregard that as BS, period, <laughs> Right, Their entire job, all that Zillow has ever done is manipulate the market. Do I seem a little anti-Zillow to you? T- today, for sure. Okay, like, but like in general, like it's not that bad normally? Yeah, you know, this is, this is OD okay. today. I had that shrine in my, my house that I burned down with the <laughs> Zillow stuff in it. I thought that was too far, right? So <laughs> I've learned my lesson. I'm trying to cut back a little bit. Goodbye, Zillow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um. So my, my point is, is here you have this news article trying to basically create a market cycle. And that's the title of our show today. Here we are. You know, we're a couple minutes in the show already. We're just getting the title. Today the show is titled, The Market Goes Up, The Market Comes Down. Mm, what? <laughs> right? Because it's important to understand that the market is a cyclical thing, okay? The foreclosure market in particular is a very cyclical thing. And what I also uh, had Jonathan post is a market cycle diagram, okay? And although it's not specific to real estate, it does give you an idea on how pretty much every market cycle in the history of market cycles basically operates, okay? So the cycle of market emotion is what drives a lot of of real estate. It drives the stock market. The blips and blops that you're seeing as stock ticker prices going up and down are far more based on the emotional response to a certain input than it is the actual data that supports it. Because let's face it, the profit of earnings per share on a company doesn't change that fast, right? Yet the market is ticking up and ticking down, ticking up, ticking down. As, of, as we're recording this today, Tesla and I have a Model S, one of my favorite cars I've ever owned. Autopilot is awesome, okay? Tesla ticked up 8.6% today, okay? So multi-billion dollar company went up nearly 10% today. Why? Because the earnings came out. Tesla's doing very well. Sales are awesome. Oil is in trouble right now. So logically, Tesla's going to benefit from that, right? right? But that is more emotional than factual. Did Tesla sell way more cars today than they did yesterday? They did not, okay? So it's emotional. So you look at the cycle of market emotion, and every market starts with optimism. From the very first time a house was built, they were optimistic that the market was going to go up on property or at least provide a place to live, right? So the optimism's like, wait, this is working, and it spans into excitement. Now, a bunch of people are doing it. So, you know, guy A builds a house because he's tired of living in his TP or wherever he happened to be at, right? And then guy B builds a house because we're building excitement. Entire towns were built on this notion, right? Homesteaders coming into town and they're building. And before you know it, there's this thrill in the marketplace, right? And I'm talking about homesteaders in days of the yore, but are we kind of talking about real estate in like the last six, seven years? Right? Where people got super optimistic about the market going up right. and they got very excited about buying a house. And then there was all this thrill. Like, I think Denver was in a full thrill state when prices went so far off the map, it was insane. But unfortunately, thrill got worse. We went all the way up to euphoria. Yeah. Like, <laughs> literally, we were high on real estate. Right? And in Colorado, it's tough because we're usually high on something. Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So here we are in a euphoric state with real estate. It's so awesome. Dave Ramsey, one of my favorite radio hosts, did a, did a whole thing where he's like, the real estate market's never going to go down. 
right? Well, if you're reading the cycle of market emotions, right when it hits euphoria is the point of maximum financial risk. Oh, okay. Right? And I, I think that is so true because a few years back, I'm going, we're in euphoria state. Things don't make any sense. It's like we're, we're stoned. We're stoned on real estate. Like we're mm-hmm. overpaying for everything, right? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense at all, right? And now when you hit that euphoria stage, you start to decline, right? And I've been saying for a while, the whole article and I told you so, which was more about me stroking my own ego and proving that I was right. But let's face it, a broken clock is right twice a, twice a day, right? So it, it's just a matter of timing. And I've been saying for a while that we're going to get past euphoria and start heading the other way, right? So somebody asked, and I'd love to get your opinion as a listener on this, on where we're at on this cycle today. Well, if you look at the top front of the cycle, when you pass euphoria, you head to anxiety. And from anxiety, you head down to denial. Denial turns into fear. Fear goes to depression, panic, despondency, and then you bottom out. Hi, this is Donnie Corum, your foreclosure deals coach. One of the things we talk about on the show is the importance of great foreclosure data and helping you to find a great deal on a foreclosure property. But where do you find this data? You're certainly not going to find it on Realtor.com. You can't get it on your local MLS. So we have partnered with data provider Foreclosures.com to get you the latest and greatest in foreclosure listings right there in your local market. These properties are not hit the market in most cases, and when they have been foreclosed, gives you easy access to find out more detail so you can get the best deal on a foreclosure property. Getting started is super easy. Head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com and click on the link labeled foreclosure list. Enter your zip code for a free seven-day trial of the best foreclosure listing data available in your local market. These properties are not even on the market yet, so you can get a jump on them and get a great deal. Once again, this is Donnie Corm, your foreclosure deals coach. We'll look forward to seeing you there. It does, right? And it's like a roller coaster. And I think it happens very, very fast. See, the up cycle takes time because you got to justify going from a widget that last year was worth 250000 and try to explain to the market why this year it's worth three hundred. okay? It takes time for that cycle to take place. But much like your favorite roller coaster ride, when you're at the very top of that hill, getting up took a little time, but getting down is surprisingly fast, right? Right? And I believe that we are just cresting the top of real estate and starting to turn the corner and head the other direction, okay? So where are we on this cycle? And I want you to go to Foreclosure Deals Coach, the Facebook page, and go and look that look at the cycle yourself and decide where you think you are. And of course, being my show, I'm going to give you my opinion, right? So we, I'm thinking right now, we are right there between anxiety and denial, Right, because the market's now getting a little anxious. How is coronavirus going to impact the real estate market? Right. Well, we know a couple of things. When Corona first hit, and as we're recording this today, you had a bunch of lenders go, "Nope." Right. We're not putting any more money out into this marketplace. I've got hard money lenders. I was borrowing money on properties for years. It was like there is no way I'm getting any of this money out of my savings account right now. Okay. So the anxiety kicks in, and people are like, I, that's where we are. Right? In my opinion, we're sitting right between anxiety and denial. 
Okay, We are super anxious about what happens next. I personally can tell you that the anxiety phase is when you need to start evaluating stuff. Okay, When things start to get unsettled, we're not on the upper, upper end, but if you want to have a really good time on the roller coaster, the heading up is a lot of fun, but that coast on the way down is an absolute blast. Right, A lot of people are going to get out. You're going to see retail markets suffer heavily because a lot of agents who've been making their money in this euphoric market that makes no sense at all right now have to go get jobs so less retail push is going to add to the anxiety why are these houses not selling as quickly as they used to right why are rates slowly trickling up because there's less money in the market okay and anxiety is going to lead to lower prices not big jumps i'm not talking sweeping reform i'm not talking 08 20% 25% in certain markets i'm talking correction a correction that has been well past due for multiple years okay so that anxiety again goes into denial and denial is fun because when I was selling retail real estate, I would go into sellers and I would say, here's what your property is worth. And if you're a homeowner right now, you're looking at your house and going, well, my house is special. You know, my kids. I love it. I love it. My kids grew up here. It's got this gorgeous view. I buried my dog right under that tree. I don't need to know about that, right? Uh, oh, like, sorry. <laughs> dog murderer. Um, <laughs> the... <laughs> Exactly. No, he died in natural causes. Sure he did. Uh-huh. Sure he uh-huh. did. What you put in Why didn't you open with that? Why didn't you open with that? <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly he died in natural causes. Yeah, Where's your grandfather? Right. Like, let's start talking about other people. Yeah, so that's a pretty big mound back there. What you got going on in this place? <laughs> so denial. They start going, no, my house is worth more than this. There's no way. Listen, I've got actual comps. What's great about the market is it doesn't lie. Okay. It tells you what a three-bedroom, two-and-a-half-bath house with 1,800 square feet and a fenced-in backyard is going to sell for in your market. Okay, Now, you can speculate as much as you want that you put a theater room in yours and you used a much cooler paint color than your neighbors did and you've got a slightly better view because the sun goes down just a little bit later in your backyard than the other guy. But all those things are opinion, not market fact. Okay, So denial comes in when people are looking at the comps and they go, I don't believe believe houses are selling for that price in my neighborhood so denial kicks in from there people get really scared and fear kicks in right because they're used to getting three hundred thousand dollars now their neighbor sold for 280 the neighbor after that sold for 275 and they're seeing this thing and it's just all out fear fear transfers very quickly into desperation mm-hmm. sell 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 it down sell 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 right and that goes to a panic selling state Okay? And in the very early starts of coronavirus, like I'm talking week one, we were already seeing people at panic. It didn't last very long, but you saw people going into a panic selling status because if you don't know what's going to happen next, that's your first instinct, go to panic. Okay, And that goes to despondency. Despondency is where people start checking out. Right? Forget it. Houses are going to crap. I'm not going to be able to get out of this thing. Just take it. I don't want it anymore. And if you look back to 2008, that's where we were. Despondency. Right. We just head into the just general. If you were 50, 60, 80 grand underwater on your California beach house, right, with 600 square feet that you paid 800 grand for, right, that's wow. now worth 500 grand, right? Wow. You kind of went, I'm screwed, and you walked away. Because why? Why would you? Is your credit worth 300 grand to you? You know, you actually going to make up that shortcoming? Heck no, it's a beach house. You're going to give that back to the bank. Let them deal with it because that's just good business, right? They lent you the money. They took a certain risk for lending you the money. Now they got to deal with the problem that comes from the house, right? Despondency is when you know the market's about to bottom out, okay? When people just stop caring about the properties, they walk away in droves because they're so far upside down that they're not going to get 
they don't, there's no way to see light a day again. That's when you need to really worry about we're bottoming out. Okay, but when you get past despondency, you hit the bottom, and that is the maximum. If you look at the chart, it says the point of maximum financial opportunity as you're shifting the other direction. Okay, oh, okay. so we are so far away from despondency. There is more equity in real estate than there has been ever in the history of the country. Okay, people have been buying houses in that 08 bracket, and they've doubled and sometimes tripled in value. Crazy. In the last 10 to 12 years, okay? So there's no risk of despondency right now. So we don't need to worry about this thing bottoming out anytime soon. But you'd better believe we're going to see the anxiety phase, right? Now, that is to say that the despondency and the complete falling apart of the market has to happen at some point because the market goes up, the market goes down, the market keeps rolling round and round. I wrote that, like, just now. Uh, that's, that's just freestyling. Thank you. However, we're not there yet. We're probably several years from bottoming out, but you better believe we're going to see a, an adjustment, okay? So I want you to keep an eye on that. And one way to keep an eye on that, ladies and gentlemen, is to stay tuned. You see, while you're at home doing your gig, whatever it is you got going on out there, we are tirelessly researching the foreclosure market in your city, in your town. We're accumulating foreclosure data through our affiliate partners, Adam Data and foreclosures.com as a matter of fact if you head out to foreclosure if you head out to foreclosuredealscoach.com you can get a free list of foreclosures you can get pumped into the data right there in your local market on what's happening in the marketplace right down to the zip code what is foreclosing you can see stuff before it's foreclosed on and what you're going to notice on this anxiety phase is a bunch of people are going to start defaulting Right? Just today, I got an inquiry from a buddy of mine who was interested in a condo that's in pre-foreclosure. You want a list of pre-foreclosures? Head to, head to foreclosuredealscoach.com. Get your foreclosure list. We got those two, right? You can find out what's going on in your marketplace. We are, this is far from over. This is going to get, in my opinion, the market's going to get substantially worse. We don't know when. We just know that we've crested the hill a little bit. Okay? And I don't want to send a bunch of despair and death out there and that's the end of the world and the sky is falling. Nothing could be further from the truth. The best ability to make a profit is coming. You see what I'm saying? If you look at the bottom of the chart, you're riding this wave to the bottom so you can gauge it and then you're going to buy in. In the meantime, you can still buy and sell real estate during the downward cycle. The stock market doesn't stop producing just because right. it's heading downward, right? More profit is actually made on the way down than it was on the way up. Because when it's going up, everybody's getting in. As real estate has been for the last decade, everybody, their mom's out there getting a real estate license, right? Everybody's buying houses, so many houses for sale, it's crazy. But when things go the other direction, that's when the masters, that's when the true analysts, the guys who get the market is a cyclical thing, that's when they capitalize. This is your opportunity to be one of those people, one of the educated, not the chicken little sky is falling attitude, but rather the, what is the opportunity now that the market has shifted? And up market is super clear what to do. Buy, 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 right? But on the way down, sometimes it's buy, sometimes it's sell, sometimes it's buy, sometimes it's sell. The market goes up, the market goes down, but you got to know what the cycle is doing. So real quick, just to recap, it is so important to understand what cycle that you're in, okay? At very least, and listen, your theory may be different than mine. Right? The idea is, as an analyst, I'm telling you, I believe we're in the anxiety cycle, at least in the Denver market that I spent a lot of time in. Right? Your market may vary. I don't know. 
right? But you've got to know. You've got to be relatively certain you believe in your stance there. Number two, you've got to be planning for the next phase in that cycle. You need to know how to act in that cycle. If we're in the anxiety phase, your job right now in the Denver market is to start accumulating data right? To start getting your financial sources in place, to start looking at deals because deals are coming on the marketplace as we head down that cycle, okay? So be poised not for the cycle that you're in because it changes so quickly. By the time you figure out the cycle that we're in, we're probably on to the next one, right? So be setting yourself up for what's going to happen next, not what is currently happening. You always want to know the next move, okay? And finally, remember the cycle is constantly in motion. Don't get comfortable thinking that this is just how it's going to be. We're in a down cycle. That was the mistake of 2008. Real estate is over. We're all going to die. <laughs> okay, I'm like, well, but we still need places to live, right? Yes. People still build houses, right? And people still, you know, they want to, and they're still paying rent to somewhere, right? Right. So, and mortgage companies still exist, right? Right. And, and the FHA is still in place, and the VA is still in place, and your credit union is still in place. So it wasn't the end of the world, but it sure felt like it for a while, for sure. right? It sure felt like we weren't going to survive that. And a lot of people lost their jobs. A lot of people lost their homes. It felt really bad, but it wasn't the end of the world. And no matter what phase you're at in your current cycle, it's not the end of the world where you are either. Okay, so once again, I want to encourage you to head on out to foreclosuredealscoach.com. Check that out. Get a list of foreclosures in your zip code. Let's get you started there. And then let's discuss how to get you into the marketplace, regardless of where your current market is in the cycle, because it is different depending on where you are. Okay, and if you know where you are, and if you're not sure, let's talk about that. We can do some quick analysis in your particular market and teach you how to act accordingly in the cycle, not only that you're in, but the one that's coming next, so you know how to act appropriately and get a great deal on a foreclosure right there in your market. Listen, the foreclosure market goes up, the foreclosure market comes down, you just got to know which side it's on, right? Okay, well, we've, we've used our time for today. I thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. You're taking the time out of your day to listen to me ramble on for a while. I love this stuff. Do you love this stuff, Jay? Tell me you love this stuff. Man, I love it, man. It's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity, man. So much is going on. The market is going nuts right now. So much data. As a foreclosure guy, we've had nothing to look at for years. Now, we're finally starting to see more foreclosure activity. Not necessarily huge amounts of foreclosure, but defaults are coming up. People have lost their jobs. Renters are not paying rent. They're trying to come up with solutions. As we talked about on a previous episode, they got some proposals from you know congressmen and senators alike pitching ideas, but nobody's really figured out what's going to happen next, so we're all kind of guessing, but it's a wonderful time to be in the foreclosure market and find yourself a house. With that, we're going to wrap up by saying, as we always say, if you are going to buy a house out there, don't buy a house. Buy, buy a, a deal. deal. Want more of the Foreclosure Deals Coach? Hit subscribe and stay tuned for more of the mindset, methodology, and tools you'll need to invest in foreclosures. Visit foreclosuredealscoach.com and text DEAL to get a list of foreclosures in your area.